or $25 total purchase. Find this coupon and more on our app or visit FamilyDollar.com and clean FM up on summertime savings. The Game, WYGM Orlando, WJRR HD2 Cocoa Beach Orlando, the home of the UCF Knights. Fox Sports trending now. Tonight it'll be Game 3 of the NBA Finals as Golden State hosts Toronto. The series tied at a game apiece. Of course, the Raptors did lose Game 2 at home. Their head coach, Nick Nurse, says things need to get better. We talk a lot about our shot spectrum, the shots we're trying to get. Um, You know, we got to get a certain amount of paint touches. Um, we got to get the ball side to side. You know, those are things you just got to keep an eye on. I think we just had some lulls in those three areas in game two. Kevin Durant will be out. Andre Iguodala in. Clay Thompson still to be decided. The ball goes up in Oakland at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Two games going on right now in Major League Baseball. They are in the top of the eighth inning, and the Dodgers with a 2-1 lead at Arizona. They're threatening with two runners on. San Diego continues to lead Philadelphia 5-2. They're in the top of the seventh inning. I'm Ralph Irvin. We are. Broadcasting live from the Don Mealy Sport Mazda Studio. Sport Mazda, Orlando's Mazda Superstore, offering a lifetime warranty, five-day return privilege, and no dealer fee on new Mazdas. FM 96.9 The Game and iHeartRadio Station. The following is a paid program. The views and opinions expressed in this program are not those of iHeartMedia, its management, or advertisers. Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway, don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. I turn on the lights. I love the lane. Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, along with my intrepid, back off the road, caddy (laughs) from South Carolina (laughs) to Ohio, back to good old Orlando, Jeff Shane in the house. (laughs) Golf clap. Woo! Yes, my friend, you were uh, you were doing double duty this past week. You left here last Wednesday. Actually, no, I left here two Mondays ago by now. Drove I can't to, keep track. Drove to Charleston for the U.S. Women's Open. That's right. That's right. Were you and not here last week? I was. <laughs> Did I space out that bad? No, I, as I recall, I was kind of hacking you and wheezing into the last segment uh, from Charleston. So That's right. That's right. I, we had Dr. Bob in the house. <laughs> uh, so, yes, you were up covering the Women's U.S. Open, which we'll get to in a minute. And um, then you were on your way to Jack's house, Muirfield Village in beautiful Columbus, Ohio, where the golf gods, the weather gods managed to part the clouds and keep it from raining. They and literally did, by the way. The, there were storm clouds that were going through South Columbus that were drenching that part of town, and Muirfield Village got nothing. Amazing, <laughs> uh, given its uh, record in the past. But Patrick Cantley shoots a final round 64 to win the prestigious Memorial Tournament. Very, very popular win. Um, great comeback story with Patrick. And Jeff, you, you know a little bit about that. Yeah, Patrick Cantley. We're finally getting to see the Patrick Cantley that... Those of us who follow uh, the game and follow college golf, we're expecting back in, say, 2012, 2013. Uh, for those that may remember, uh, when Rory uh, McElroy won the U.S. Open at Congressional, Patrick Cantlay was the low amateur and for a while was in the top 10. Uh, and, and just off on a great start, he gets in sponsor invitation, goes to Hartford a week later, and at the Travelers' Championship, Opens with a 60. 
60. 60 on the PGA Tour. And we're all expecting gangbusters. Lightning in a bottle. Absolutely, out, out of Patrick Cantlay. And uh, he goes on. He uh, continues to win, win awards, uh, turns pro the following year coming out of UCLA, uh, wins the Jack Nicklaus Award as the best collegiate golfer, wins uh, a number of awards, um, and uh, held the number one ranking in the World Amateur Golf Ranking for about a year before turning professional. And got on the web.com tour, and everybody figured, okay, you, you put in your one year of apprenticeship and get your card, and away we go. Well, on the practice range in the middle of the web.com season, a, a unfortunate swing. I, you know, I can't say it was a bad swing. It was on the practice range. But something snapped in his back, and he wound up with a broken bone in his back. And it sidelined him pretty much for the rest of the year. He did play one event in the Web.com Finals in horrible pain. I was actually up there uh, in Fort Wayne uh, for that event. And he was just really suffering. But he played well enough to finish second, get the points, to get the promotion to the PGA Tour. and then And then disappeared because his back just couldn't take it. And he had to literally lie low for years. Uh, if you uh, if you take what happened with Tiger Woods, now Patrick hasn't had a fusion or anything like that, but in terms of time off and time spent on the couch or however they treat back patients, it is ironic that his name is Can't Lay, but uh, that's another thing. But uh, anyway, he was... Uh, he just he disappeared, and nobody knew what was going to happen. And uh, also during that period of time, uh, while he was recovering, while he was healing, he was finally able to get out and about. He went out for a little night on the town with his friends, or with his friend who best friend who was also his professional caddy. Well, they're crossing the street. I forget whether it was going to dinner, going coming back from dinner. Long Beach or something. It's in, in Long California, Beach. right? In, yeah, yeah, in Long Beach. I remember. Car comes out of nowhere. Mrs. Patrick. It's his caddy, and he loses his loses his best friend slash caddy yeah. in this hit and run accident. And tragic, just just a real tragic group of years right there. And and we really didn't see Patrick again until the 2016 Valspar. But in he's Tampa. healthy. Yeah, he he is healthy. He has worked his way back. He won a couple years ago in Vegas, uh, so got his first PGA Tour win as, and has now continued to knock on the door. And obviously the big win. Came on Sunday with that 64. Absolutely. 19 under at Memorial, um, you know, Muirfield. That's that's pretty good playing. 68, 69, 68, and then closing it out with a 64 on Sunday. That's that's impressive. Eight under. Um, I mean, he was just a machine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody will talk about the 64, but what stands out to me is I'm looking at all of these other scores I think Patrick was the only guy who broke 70 every day at Muirfield Village. And that is obviously not a tough place to, or not an easy place to, to break 70 uh, on a consistent basis. And uh, for him to be able to do that and close the way he did and catch Martin Keimer and catch Adam Scott and surpass the both of them. was my pick last week, by the way. <laughs> uh, I was hoping Adam might uh, might. Catch a little more fire on the back nine, but kind of ran out of holes. Had to birdie the last two, two to to tie in the end. Um, and Martin, you know, I think everybody was probably rooting for him five years since he won it, and came out of nowhere. It, it's bizarre. 160-something in the world rankings. And, and he, you know, he's been trudging along on the European tour. But it, it's bizarre that he goes in these four-year cycles. He wins a major and then kind of disappears off the radar over the next four years, and then all of a sudden shows up again because uh, he, won, he won the PGA Championship in 2010. We thought, here's another young player that's here to stay. Just kind of dissipated. Won the players and the U.S. Open in 2014. Got, he got his world ranking up into the top five, I think it was. Didn't see anything of him the next three years, and, well, hello, Martin Keimer, just in time for the U.S. Open. 67, 68, 66, and then 72 on Sunday. Isn't going to get it done. No. Had a couple bogeys on the back nine there to uh, kind of put him out of it by the, the 
middle of the back nine. But um, it was a terrific tournament, as always, with Jack there on the sidelines to shake hands. And um, did you have one of their famous milkshakes while you were up there, Jeff? I did not. What's the best flavor? Is it chocolate, vanilla? You'll have to ask the players. The milkshakes, I'm sure those that, who are veterans of the memorial know, know where to go, but they are not available in the media tent. Oh, gotcha. So I don't have the secret handshake uh, or whatever it takes. Uh, all right. Well, we've got a lot of golf in our lineup tonight, so stay tuned. The Golf Insiders will be right back. We're looking at pretty much stop traffic heading south on 417 from a crash taking up the right lane right near the beach line. Also expect delays westbound on I-4 between Osceola Parkway and 429. Eastbound busy too between Princeton Street and 434 and we're seeing heavy delays east on the 408 between Giant Parkway and I-4. Southbound travel on the turnpike still slow between the beach line and Osceola Parkway. See traffic problems? Call the safetouchsecurity.com traffic tip line at 866-676-8477 from the traffic center. I'm Paige Carrera. Ask Sherwin-Williams June 7th through 10th and save 40% on paints and stains with sale prices starting at $2,309. Only at your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. See store for details. Some exclusions apply. My Golf Spy named Tour Edge Exotics EXS driver the best value in their most wanted driver test for 2019. The new Tour Edge Exotics EXS driver, fairway, hybrid, and irons are pound for pound the best for performance, technology, innovation, and price. Get EXS ultra premium performance and innovation without the ultra premium prices. Visit touredge.com for tour news and demo exotics at your local PGA Superstore. Tour Edge Exotics, the best value for the best performance in golf. Voted best new product by the International Network of Golf at the 2019 PGA Merchandise Show, Copper Tech Golf Gloves are a game changer in golf. Copper Tech, the only gloves in golf designed with copper compression technology that helps improve circulation, joint, and muscle pain. Manufactured with a non-slip spider weave silicone material in the palm, Copper Tech Gloves cause less grip tension, reduce wear and tear, and improve slip resistance in all types of weather. Prevent strain and muscle fatigue in your hands. For more info or to buy yours, go to coppertechglove.com. That's coppertechglove.com. For more than 35 years, Sam Sneed's Tavern is one of Orlando's favorite and most recommended restaurants in Central Florida. From light bites to some of the finest Angus beef, chicken, ribs, and fresh seafood, Sam Sneed's will surely satisfy your appetite. Sam Sneed's cozy, relaxed atmosphere is perfect for casual meetups or special occasions. Join them for lunch, dinner, or happy hour. They offer catering and private parties, too. Go to Facebook and Instagram and get hungry. Sam Sneed's Tavern. More than a meal. It's a legendary experience. Golf Central Magazine is the Southeast's oldest and most respected golf magazine covering turf, travel, philanthropy, and lifestyle. For 19 years, no other regional magazine has covered golf industry news, clubs, resorts, and real estate communities like Golf Central Magazine. Golf Central Magazine features golf industry leaders, associations, teaching professionals, and dedicated volunteers that are helping to grow the game. Find the latest product reviews, trends, and technology inside Golf Central Magazine. Go online and get the latest copy today. GolfCentralMag.com. GolfCentralMag.com. The home of the UCF Night Fan. This is FM 96.9, The Game. Quite an impact, actually. Uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness, got the struggler's blues. We're back, the Golf Insiders in the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on radio, Jeff Shane, who in his world travels this past week uh, was at the U.S. Women's Open up at the Country Club of Charleston, I do say. Beautiful Country Club of Charleston, right there on the marsh, uh, across from the, oh, what's the name of that bridge, that uh, the huge bridge that goes over over the river in Charleston. Anyway. Is this Jeopardy for 500? Sorry, I, I pass. <laughs> um, congratulations to Jong-Yoon Lee Six. Six. For the big win. Yes, because five couldn't get it done last week, so... Explain. Explain to our audience. <laughs> Golf is so popular among women in Korea that uh, that um, 
Jung Hyun is like William or Stephen, uh, for a female name anyway, in, in Korea. And of course, we know how popular Lee is. So believe it or not, there have been five previous Korean women golfers uh, that have turned professional by the name of Jung Hyun Lee. So in a way to tell them apart, I'm not sure whether it was Korean tour officials or the media uh, decided that we will just start giving them numbers. And the first Jung Hyun Lee to uh, play on the KLPGA was number one. And you can imagine that Jung Hyun Lee uh, is, uh, Jung Hyun Lee six is the sixth to have uh, played professional golf from Korea. I don't know if they ever have a reshuffle because there's only one Jung Hyun Lee that uh, has won the U.S. Women's Open. It seems like she should be one, right? Uh, but that's not my thing to, to minister or administrate, I should say. Uh, but may, maybe Steve Eubanks can help us with that. Yeah, to go uh, really through these these numbers is uh, one of our favorite golf insiders who's uh, been just so busy this year. He's got so many irons in the fire, but we're happy to have him on tonight. Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post. Hello, my friend. Good to hear your voice. Great to be with you, Holly, as always. Are you Steve Eubanks one, by the way? Yeah, Steve Eubanks won because uh, I would be the oldest Steve Eubanks. <laughs> That's right. But, but I can't te- I, I can tell you that, that um, it, it's a little different over there in that they do number. They, yes, there are six of them. They number them by age. By age? And because, yeah, they number them by age because your elders over in Korea, in Korean culture, is a really big deal. And so, um, it, it, you know in a way that Westerners really do not understand, um, one of the ways that I've tried to explain it to people is if if, if, if an older Korean pours a younger Korean a drink, the younger Korean is to bow so that his head is below the level of the glass. That's a deep bow. Yeah, it's it's intense, and it's work to keep up with all of the, uh, the protocol that goes into the way you respect your elders over there. And I think that's one of the reasons that Six, and she loves to be called Six, by the way, uh, ended up kind of keeping that and branding it. Everybody else who's come over uh, with that name who has joined the LPGA Tour has dropped the numeral. Uh, But Six has embraced it. It's kind of a I'll show you uh, moniker that she's taken on. I love it. I think it's great. And it separates her from the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it does. I mean, look, she, she's dyed her hair platinum blonde. Uh, she's got a numeral in her name, which generates a lot of questions. So it, you know, I think it's just a way of separating herself. And now she's a U.S. Women's Open champion, so that'll certainly separate her. Well, we know Birdie Kim did the same thing, and I love that. Unless you were Morgan sure. Pressel's uh, family. <laughs> True. <laughs> so break down this U.S. Open for us, Steve. You know, look, I know that there were a lot of people who watched on Sunday and they said, man, this is, you know, does nobody want this thing? This is some terrible putting. And and in some respects it was, but, boy, that was a great golf course. I mean, the, the pins were in some – they were not ridiculous locations. They were all very fair, um, but they were tough. And, and th- that was the kind of golf course that could lull you to sleep. You're out there thinking, wow, these fairways look right, look wide it's it doesn't look that uh, that intimidating when you know where that hole is cut. Um, not a huge amount of undulation in the green. I should be able to hit something at that flag, and that was the kiss of death. If you tried to hit it at some of those hole locations, the ball would run off. It would run into some of these collection areas. Uh, it, it was it was a stern stern test, and and not just a test of golf, but a test of your discipline, your ability to play away from flags to the center of the green and be patient and take what it gave you. Was was there a particular hole, and I, and I guess I'm thinking of the Redan hole on 11, that you just could not take a risk on, and uh, and, and maybe you maybe you knew it, and maybe you didn't know it. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think there were a lot of them out there. Um, you know, if you were looking at eight, is a prime example. You know, there there were some hole locations on eight, and, and you know, it doesn't look like a very hard hole. But it was just one of those things where 
if you hit it at a left-hand hole location or you tried to get, go with a, uh, one that was tucked behind that bunker, no matter how good you were hitting it, there was a high likelihood that if it was, if it was a foot or two offline, uh, you were going to have a shot that was very difficult. Well, uh, Steve, looking, looking ahead, we have uh, just like the PGA Tour, the LPGA's majors have um, shuffled their schedule a little bit. Uh, moving the Evian up to August, and and they've got three more majors to go, beginning uh, with the the P the KPGA um, next month, right? I mean the LPGA PGA, yep. the women's month. PGA, right? Yeah. It's, right. It's the it's the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. It's <laughs> going to be uh, it's a, it's up in Minnesota this uh, this time around, and look, they're going to some great venues, and and that major has really taken off. In terms of uh, it, it's um, pe- people really wanting to uh, uh, to be there and to, to you know be a part of that because I think in terms of, of prestige that event has elevated faster than any event on any golf schedule. I mean, remember that it wasn't that many long, many years ago that it didn't exist. I mean, it kind of took over the LPGA Championship, but people thought the Women's PGA Championship. What is that? Now, I mean, you have other uh, operators of other major championships going to that event to see, hey, what can we learn from them? Because they have really jumped up the scale in terms of importance. Looking at um, the race to the CME, which is uh, the LPGA's you know, version of the FedEx Cup, um, we have a one American in the top 10, which is Nellie Korda, and then uh, Lexi Thompson, uh, 14th in the standings, and Daniel Kang at 17, Angel Yin at 19. Um, who's your surprise in that group? And are you are you a little surprised about Lexi and how she's played this year, given her you know finish at the end of last year? Two surprises. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that Lexi has fallen, and I'm surprised that Angel has come through as the next uh, the next most dominant American. Um, look, I, th- there are a number of them out there. Uh, and Angel hits it miles. Um, she she uh, she appears to me at times to be a little undisciplined. Um, so so I, basically she's in that position right now on raw talent. Um, but but I love it. I love the fact that she's there. Uh, she's she's a great personality and great for the game. But yeah, I, and look, Lexi's putting is sometimes painful to watch. I mean, this past weekend it, it truly was painful. Agree. Uh, she missed more. <laughs> she missed more close putts and putts she needed to make kept waiting for her to just make one that was really important, and she never could. Well, she came off that win at the end of the year, um, you know, at the CME. Uh, Jutanya Garn winning the, the race to the CME here in Florida, down in Naples. Uh, but I, I just thought we'd, you know, we'd see Lexi really come out on fire this year. Yep, I did too. I mean, I and I think, you know, of course, she went through a, a period where she had she got her little dog and she wanted to spend some time away and she really needed a kind of a personal reset, uh, all of which was great and I think you know I, and I still think she needs to do more of that sort of thing, but I did expect her to to come out ready and refreshed and and uh, and you know ready to get back after it and get in the winning circle again. But man, that, you know you've just got to be able to put it and hold her ball striking is terrific, amazing. But you've got to be able to put it. Almost need a designated putter. Steve, before we let you go, let, let me ask about two of the newer professionals that are on the LPGA, uh, ones that played their debuts last week, uh, Jennifer Cupshow and Maria Fossey, who were 1-2 at the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Uh, both of them uh, are NCAA champions. Both of them uh, really well-spoken, uh, both with the clubs and uh, up on the podium. What do you see for those two as uh, we move forward? And they play kind of a shortened rookie season here. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm very high on both of them. I'm really high on Maria Fossey. You know, I spent some time with her, and she she seems to get it in every respect. Look, Jennifer Cupcho is a terrific talent. There's no doubt about it. Um I'm not sure if all of the things that go with being a professional away from the golf course, outside the ropes, um, it, you know, it's going to take her a while to get the learning curve up on on some of that stuff. Uh, Fossey has got it. She is like a veteran out there. She already she already knows what her schedule is going to be going forward. She already has a management team around her that is 
that is taking care of the things that they need to be taking care of so that she can take care of being Maria Fossey. You see her with the media. It is as polished as any rookie I've ever seen. Um, really, I think she, she's, uh, she's the real deal. And, boy, what an athlete. I mean, you just look at her and you say, you know, this woman could do anything. You kind of expect her to be on, you know, one of those American Ninja Warrior shows. I mean, she's that kind of an athlete. Um, so to see her playing golf is, is really terrific. She's going to be an inspiration for a lot of people. Well, it's exciting to see, and they were uh, just a terrific pair to watch uh, at the Women's Amateur Championship at Augusta, just down the road from you uh, earlier in the year. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, Steve, before we let you go? Because what a fantastic event. Well, maybe the best show in golf this year, and that includes Tiger winning the Masters. I think when we look, I think when we look back on this year, the Augusta National Women's Amateur will be one of the one of, if not the highlight of the of the uh, year. Oh, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's big. big. Yeah, that's big. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a ten. That's a flashing red ten. All right, Steve. As always, we appreciate spending some time with you. It's been too long, my friend, and we hope to have you on again oh. soon. I love being with you, Holly. Thanks so much. All right. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming back. We'll be right back. This report is brought to you by Unbound.org. Well, officials are still working to clear an accident south on 417 right near the beach line. It's blocking the shoulder right now and still very slow getting by here. Westbound travel on I-4 still a stop and go ride between Osceola Parkway and 429. And eastbound travel slow, too, between Jongyang Parkway and the 408. The 408 heavy eastbound between Jongyang Parkway and I-4 as well as south on the turnpike between the beach line and Osceola Parkway. See traffic problems? Call the SafeTouchSecurity.com traffic tip line at 866-676-8477 from the Traffic Center. I'm Paige Carrera. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. This is the Beat of Sports. I was in the 305, but it became the 954. I was in the 407 when we got the 321. Now we're getting the 689. It just sounds like a robocall, man. I'm sorry. When someone says, what's your number, 689, like, oh, you're pitching something, huh? You're one of those calls from another country, then. (laughs) Right. The Beat of Sports with Mark Daniels. 9 a.m. weekdays on FM 96.9 The Game. My golf spy named Tour Edge Exotics EXS Driver the best value in their most wanted driver test for 2019. The new Tour Edge Exotics EXS Driver Fairway Hybrid and Irons are pound for pound the best for performance, technology, innovation, and price. Get EXS Ultra Premium Performance and Innovation without the Ultra Premium prices. Visit touredge.com for tour news and demo exotics at your local PGA Superstore. Tour Edge Exotics, the best value for the best performance in golf. Voted best new product by the International Network of Golf at the 2019 PGA Merchandise Show, Copper Tech golf gloves are a game changer in golf. Copper Tech, the only gloves in golf designed with copper compression technology that helps improve circulation, joint, and muscle pain. Manufactured with a non-slip spider weave silicone material in the palm, Copper Tech gloves cause less grip tension, reduce wear and tear, and improve slip resistance in all types of weather. Prevent strain and muscle fatigue in your hands. For more info or to buy yours, go to coppertechglove.com. That's coppertechglove.com. For more than 35 years, Sam Sneed's Tavern is one of Orlando's favorite and most recommended restaurants in Central Florida. From light bites to some of the finest Angus beef, chicken, ribs, and fresh seafood, Sam Sneed's will surely satisfy your appetite. Sam Sneed's cozy, relaxed atmosphere is perfect for casual meetups or special occasions. Join them for lunch, dinner, or happy hour. They offer catering and private parties, too. Go to Facebook and Instagram and get hungry. Sam Sneed's Tavern. More than a meal. It's a legendary experience. Golf Central Magazine is the Southeast's oldest and most respected golf magazine covering turf, travel, philanthropy, and lifestyle. For 19 years, no other regional magazine has covered golf industry news, clubs, resorts, and real estate communities like Golf Central Magazine. Golf Central Magazine features golf industry leaders, associations, teaching professionals, and dedicated volunteers that are helping to grow the game. 
Find the latest product reviews, trends, and technology inside Golf Central Magazine. Go online and get the latest copy today. GolfCentralMag.com, GolfCentralMag.com. Make Edwin Watts Golf the place to shop for dads and grads with their summer savings sale happening now. Score a 50% bonus traded on your old clubs towards the purchase of a Titleist TS2 or TS3 driver. And measure your distance with Bushnell GPS and range finders and save up to $70. Choose from the Phantom, the Hybrid, or the Tour V4 Shift. Edwin Watts Golf is your place to shop for the hottest golf gear this summer. Edwin Watts, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. 96.9 The Game FM HD Online at 96.9thegame.com On your phone with the iHeartRadio app And on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos An iHeartRadio station Hey Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you, Jake That's just the way it is Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price I love my Muni, I think it's nice. Swing in the house, drives my wife up the wall. She shouldn't worry, I don't use a ball. It'd be good to just make hard. We're back, the Golf Insiders. In the house, Holly G, along with Jeff Shane. And, um... There was a guy in a red shirt, a mock turtleneck on Sunday, Jeff, who uh, striking the ball pretty well. Tiger Woods looking really sharp. Um, now he's got the tongues wagging again. He's got the tugs <laughs> just, wagging just as we're coming. Just when everybody was saying, I, well, I don't know what, what Tiger may have uh, in the tank for Pebble Beach. I think he goes out and... Shoots a great round on Sunday, finishes tied for ninth at Memorial, and I haven't looked at the odds, but can you see him anywhere outside the top three for Pebble Beach next week? No, <laughs> not given uh, that performance. And we're going to go to one of our favorite golf insiders right now to get his thoughts because he was there at Memorial. Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, guys. How are you? Great. Great. Good. Well, uh, Tiger was, you know... Tiger was looking pretty darn good. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, he was. He, um, you know, he kind of finally put it together, and and he even left a few out there. You know, uh, he never quite conquered that back nine, and um, uh, kind of showed what happens if you get out of position a couple times. But uh, yeah, I tried to write about this earlier in the week. I think I think what that tournament just showed is how important it is to have a tournament going into a major like this. Um, I think we know the reasons why he didn't play before the PGA. They're all legitimate. I think if he hadn't won the Masters, it would have been different. And since he did, you sort of give him a pass on just sort of, you know, in a, in a weird way, it was bad for him that the, that the PGA got moved up this year. We all thought it was good. I think it was bad for him. He needed time to uh, recover. He to- yeah. To, uh, uh, to decompress, you yeah. know. Um, but, you know, what we saw there over the weekend was, you know, he, he had a couple of little flaws in his game. He worked on them on the range on Friday and Saturday, and he's got some, you know, data now to do, to work with. You know, he, he he had a shot that he was missing to the left a couple of times. It hurt him on Sunday on the 15th hole. Um, he, he, you know, his wedges weren't real dialed in. Uh, both Saturday and Sunday, he, he misfired on the on the 14th hole with the wedge and made bogey both times. You know, having a, having a shot that's you know, I don't know, probably no more than 125, 130 yards. And with the small greens at uh, Pebble Beach, that's going to be important. You know, and he'll have he'll have some holes where he'll be you know having those dialed in shots like that. And so now you know you you think that this week is a chance for him to assess where he was and what he did, and, and now can kind of try to uh you know get it figured out which is a lot better than showing up at pebble beach without having played in a tournament that's for sure yeah we we didn't know anything about how he was going to play at beth page and we found out that that he was gonna he was gonna struggle a little bit and i guess we saw kind of both sides of the tiger woods coin on the weekend because saturday it just nothing went seemed to go right for him he really struggled he probably shot as high as he possibly could and then again, with the with the work on the range, was a, was able to turn it around. Do you 
do you think Tiger has the ability, and does he need it at a U.S. Open, um, to to put together the four good rounds that you usually need to win a tournament these days? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it, it, at Memorial, you you aren't going to get away with shooting seventy two one day, which he did on Friday. You know, the winning score was nineteen under. Now that was a low winning score. It's typically around thirteen, fourteen, fifteen under, and he got to nine under. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that, that's just sort of having a frustrating Saturday. And then, you know, he shot five under on Sunday. He, he, he can certainly do it. We saw it at the masters shot 13 under to win. Uh, but the other thing that you have to keep in mind is, is tiger is going to make some errors and can he overcome them? You know, at the, at the masters, even on Sunday, you know, he bogeyed the 10th hole that yeah. if felt fall two behind. People thought that might've, might've ended it for him. Uh, and the bogey on 18, I don't think think too much about because it didn't really matter. But you know, obviously, he had made 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 one earlier in the round on the on the fifth hole again on Sunday. And so, can he make enough birdies to overcome some mistakes? And and that that goes back to being in position. You know, he, Tiger is driving the ball better than he has in 10 years. Even even in 2013, he wasn't this accurate. So you give you know he's never going to hit eighty percent or seventy five percent of the fairways, but if he can hit sixty or sixty five percent, that gives him more chance to set up the best part of his game, which is his iron game. You know he hit uh, fourteen greens on Sunday. Uh, he's leading the tour in greens in regulation. He led that stat at the Masters. That is a key one, especially at Pebble, small greens, because if you can just give yourself enough chances, you think if he can if he can get the putter dialed in, then then he's got an opportunity. At that page, you know, he just didn't give himself enough chances. He was, he was too far away. His lag putting was poor, um, you know. And I think some of that can be attributed to to uh, to rust, or he just wasn't sharp. Well, he's also talked about Bob, and I think until he works through this a little bit more this season, is just you know the protocol. He, if you you know really listen, he's still having to work on you know whatever this preparation is that he does prior to the rounds. Um, you know, I think in terms of knowing how loose, you know, his back's going to be, you know, you listen between the lines and I, I think he's still, you know, there's still these unknowns for Tiger. No question. And he, uh, uh, you know, he has alluded to this a few times. He shared more about that. I think we, we know now that at, at best page, there was a combination of illness and maybe just not feeling right with his body. For, for, for at least the first day. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the thing he's got to face next week is some cooler weather. Um, you know, at Memorial, it was nice and warm. It was never cool in the mornings. At, at Pebble Beach, depending on when his tea times are, it could be in the 50s. You know, now that's not cold, but it's also, you know, I, he's, he's probably much better off when the weather is warm or even hot. Easier to get loose. You know, you, you don't get stiff. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that at the Masters this year, it really was never cold. Uh, that helped him a lot. You know, I don't think it's going to be cold next week, but it will be chillier. And, and you know, it will, be, it will probably help him if his, if his morning tea time on Thursday or Friday is more towards the 9 or 10 a.m. time slot for him as opposed to 7.30 or 8. Uh, and we'll see. Who knows what's going to happen with that. I don't know how they're going to set that up for TV. But, uh, it, uh, uh, you know, that's, a, that's another factor. We just never know how he's going to wake up every day. Well, tomorrow um, they'll be waking up to tee it up at the RBC Canadian Open. DJ, the defending champion, which uh, our listeners may not recall from last year. And uh, Brooks will be back in the field. What, do you, uh, what, do you, what are you looking for this, this week and weekend? Yeah, well, it's a different it's a different time slot for them. It's interesting uh, the week before the U.S. Open, as opposed to the week following the British Open for all those years, and um, you know, so most of these guys have played it. You know, DJ won there last year, so a lot of these guys have played at the week after the Open. Rory entered this year for the first time. They've got a really good field, one of their best in forever. I think right, they're yeah. loving the new date, and. Uh, you know, I, I think going forward, it would be nice if the uh, if the Canadian Open could. You know, they they have the ability to move around, and certainly, I, I don't mean to suggest that they need to 
do everything based on the U.S. Open. But if they could get in the, time, the same time zone, I think that would even enhance them even more. Uh, you know, they have they have venues in the Western time zone. My guess is this this location in Toronto was set, you know, a long time ago, uh, you know, for this year before they moved the date. But you know, maybe going forward, it would be nice. You know, next year is it Wingfoot? Is there, I don't I don't know if they've announced for next year or not. But if you had it at the same place or in the East, then it's even more of a bonus for players. We easily get to the U.S. Open site on Sunday night. Uh, and ready to go. So uh, I think it's, you know, I think it's turned out to be, this is an example of the schedule really helping somebody. Absolutely. So uh, who are you uh, looking to be the winner on Sunday, Bob, before we let you go? You know, I saw where Brooks said he didn't pick up a club after the PGA until uh, until Tuesday, <laughs> until yesterday. So I don't know if I feel too good about his chances. Um, and, you know, understandably so. You're probably going to want to decompress after you do that. But uh you know, it's hard to not like DJ. I actually like DJ a lot for next week. And, mm. uh, you know, I liked him at the PGA, too, and he almost came back. Uh, he At some point here, he's going to start knocking these, these big ones off. And it doesn't – I don't know if it hurts or helps to have a, a good week the week before, but uh, I, I don't think it's so, it's so bad if, if you get your game going in the right direction. Well, um, it's going to be an interesting week and weekend. Uh, it's a great event there, and – uh, like you said, one of their best fields in forever. So some great golf coming up. And then we're off to Pebble Beach. Can't believe it. The third major already, Bob. Absolutely. It's amazing. Crazy. That's what the new schedule has done. It's, here it is already. We're, we just feel like we got done with one and we got another one. Indeed. Well, you have a great trip out to the West Coast, and we'll be checking in with you next week. Thank you so much, my Thank friend. Thank you. Thanks, All right. Bob. Take care. You listen to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us. Take off your glasses this summer. Call 800-EYE-EXAM today. Visit myvisionfreedom.com. My golf spy named Tour Edge Exotics EXS driver the best value in their most wanted driver test for 2019. The new Tour Edge Exotics EXS driver, fairway, hybrid, and irons are pound for pound the best for performance, technology, innovation, and price. Get EXS ultra premium performance and innovation without the ultra premium prices. Visit touredge.com for tour news and demo exotics at your local PGA Superstore. Tour Edge Exotics. The best value for the best performance in golf. Voted best new product by the International Network of Golf at the 2019 PGA Merchandise Show. Copper Tech golf gloves are a game changer in golf. Copper Tech, the only gloves in golf designed with copper compression technology that helps improve circulation, joint, and muscle pain. Manufactured with a non-slip spider weave silicone material in the palm, Copper Tech gloves cause less grip tension, reduce wear and tear, and improve slip resistance in all types of weather. Prevent strain and muscle fatigue in your hands. For more info or to buy yours, go to coppertechglove.com. That's coppertechglove.com. The UCF Knights hit here on Orlando's football leader, FM 96.9, the game. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah. We're back, the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, along with Jeff Shane. And um, along with our various road trips this past month, Jeff, um, we were at the International Network of Golf Conference in beautiful Sebring, Florida, about two hours down the road, off 27 in the middle of nowhere. Some beautiful ranches down there. Beautiful citrus, beautiful lakes. And some great um, golf. And, and and some very underrated golf. And so uh, there's something out there. Maybe, maybe uh, the avid golfers heard of it. Maybe they haven't. Look up or, or check out the Citrus Golf Trail, which is uh, some of the, the top courses right there in the heart of the state. Uh, Sebring, Lake Placid area. Uh, like I say, very underrated place for golf. Known for its racetrack, some great little uh, boutique hotels. And if you want to get away for a quick weekend, um, 
Check it out, the Citrus Golf Trail. And we had the opportunity at our banquet to have two of our ING members who are inductees into the World Golf Hall of Fame happening in Pebble Beach next week. One of our dear, dear friends, Jan Stevenson from the LPGA, Dennis Walters, who we've known for years, the trick shot show artist. Yes. Amongst four others? Uh, three others. Three. Retief Goosen uh, coming in off the international ballot, uh, Billy Payne, uh, the former chairman of Augusta National, and the late Peggy Kirk Bell, the pioneer women's teacher. So five inductees into the Hall of Fame. Uh, on Monday night, the ceremonies will be broadcast by Golf Channel. And you had a chance to sit down with Jan. I'm with Jan Stevenson, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Jan Stevenson. You know, you get all the congratulations for the Hall of Fame. You're just waiting for the formal part of the induction now, right? I know, except that, you know, they sent the, they sent the uniform that we have to wear, and then they also sent a beautiful necklace with the Hall of Fame, and they said, you cannot wear that yet. I was like, oh, I really wanted to wear it tonight, you know, because I had this dress where it would have been perfect. Oh. And uh, I'm like, okay, okay, I can't wear it. But every time they say it, it doesn't, it doesn't take away the thrill and the goosebumps. It really is special. I would imagine for somebody that had to wait maybe a little longer than she should have, it grows on you and it becomes even more special. You know, the, the funny thing is that all these people and I get frustrated or cried when I didn't get it, you know, and go, I, you know, I know what I've done for the tour and it never, and they're not recognizing that. So for me to say I'm glad it happened now and not earlier is really quite something because I was devastated <laughs> for years. But um, I think I really savor it and appreciate it more now because, you know, my career is over. And so it, it means more than if you're still playing mm-hmm. tournaments and, you know, you're still making a mark out there. Was there a particular point or a year where you thought, okay, it's my t- time now and, and it wasn't your time? And was there, was there a low point and you thought maybe this isn't going to happen? Well, I think the last six years, every time mm. I was devastated and thought, wow, and once they passed me over for other people that had played after me, I had a feeling that uh, I may never get it, you know, and I was really getting upset. So when Lopez called me and said I got it, I was started crying before she told me I got it because I thought I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it was still tears, but your tears changed. They definitely changed to happy tears because Nancy was crying when she called me. And I thought, and she called me last time when I didn't get it because she's on the final four committee. Mm. And so I figured she was, when she was crying, I figured it was to tell me that I didn't get it again. And then she went, no, no, you made, I started crying and she went, wait, 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 you made it. And I'm like, oh, okay. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) What a great story. Do you feel different now? You know what you accomplished. Everybody knows. And I'll be honest. People would say, you know, Jan Stevenson, I think, well, she's in the Hall of Fame. And I have to go look it up. No, she's, you're not in the Hall of Fame. Does it feel any different now that you actually have the official title? It definitely does because I actually have been recognized. You know, the trouble is a lot of the stuff that I did that really helped the tour. And, you know, I mean, I was winning in the late 70s and early 80s the most mm-hmm. but that's when I worked so hard to help the tour and I and I started saying I wish I hadn't done that I wish I had just focused on game my game like everybody else and I would have won more tournaments so I was really regretting the work I did to help us and have us I was signing contracts for 10-year contracts with sponsors and I'm thinking what if I hadn't spent that time with them I would have been practicing or playing another tournament so I really started regretting all the work that I did because nobody remembered it you know mm-hmm. and I thought gee I, now they're just looking at my wins but the great thing is that they did start looking at my international wins because they never recognized them and that's when I thought mine was merit-based just like Retief's but they did take care just like Retief's international wins they paid attention to my international wins. Mm. You mentioned the work that you did for the LPGA you were their it girl in the late 70s and 80s when you do that and and you're kind of become the face of an association that had to have changed a lot about how you even just one about your day as a professional golfer. That's true. I mean, you really, it was, I mean, it'd be even worse nowadays with, because of social media. Yes. But, you know, I couldn't go to a grocery store. I couldn't go to a restaurant. Everybody would always, you know, show up and, want, and, and you know, get interrupted. And, and I loved it. I mean, I did enjoy that. Uh, I always liked that part of it. So mm-hmm. it was not something that I regretted. But it was a different, you didn't have any private life. And so um, it's, you know, that part is, you know, nowadays I do have, a, you know, quite a bit of a private life because nobody knows who I am. Um, but it, it was it was a fun life. There's no question. It was pretty fun to be the big superstar. Was there also 
maybe a little bit of pressure because when you are the face for whatever reason, uh, you don't want to be just the pretty face. You want to be the champion. You, you got into this game to be a champion. That's a good point. And, and, you know, and that did take away a little bit, as we said, I said earlier, but it, there was always that, that they, they didn't want to say, oh, she's just, you know, she just looks good, but she can't play. Mm-hmm. So I really felt like I had to prove myself with the majors. You know, Laura Ball went through kind of a similar situation, and she did not win. Do you, do you feel for what she went through and her inability, I suppose, to, to put one trophy up there? Yeah, never winning is really a, something that would be scary. I mean, luckily I won first before they made me the face, so I'd kind of <laughs> broken the ice. There you go. And that probably helped. But um, it is, it's hard to put that, have that pressure because, you know, you're getting all the attention and the players didn't like it if, they, if you're not winning. Mm-hmm. So at least I could kind of put – my money where my mouth was and when. <laughs> you told a great story uh, to me about a week or so ago about you and, and Joanne Carner, and somebody had asked Joanne, well, what do you think about Jan and, and, and marketing, uh, the, the feminine side of it? And, and I'll let you finish the story. Oh, yeah. Joanne was really never one that was jealous of it. She just said, you know, she was great. They said, well, what do you think about Jan showing herself and wearing those little short shorts on the golf course? And Joanne had said, if I had a body like hers, I would wear that too. And so we made a joke and we took one of the outfits with the little short shorts and a, t- and a little golf shirt. And uh, we put Joanne's face on it and took a picture and said, there you are, Joanne. You have a body like mine. And she loved it. She actually wanted them to travel with it on tour. When We, ha- we used to have a male van that traveled on tour. She made them t- bring it with her, and she'd put it in the locker room every week. She loved it. What did the other players think of it oh, being in the locker room? they thought it was room? so funny. They just made a joke of it. She goes, you know, this is fun. If I, and she always used to say that. You know, if I looked like that, I would do it too. How much did that lift the – LPGA's profile in that period. It was really quite amazing. I mean, the, we did the numbers, and he said we've estimated it's an extra ten thousand people a week that come to the tournament because of Jan. That's amazing. Yeah, and it was pretty fun. Did you have tiger-like galleries? Oh, out there? enormous! Everywhere I went, you know, there were practice oh, practice rounds were like that. It was just like I was a tiger. Wow! Of of all the wins, and you had the three majors right in a row: eighty-one, eighty-two, eighty-three. I would imagine those are the ones that stick out, but is, is there one in particular that you put at the top of your list? I think other than the majors, I mean, there's no question the U.S. Open was important, and my first major was the Du Maurier, which is mm-hmm. when my dad was caddying, so it was my first major in the Canadian oh. Open, and that was really special because I had lost the week before to Pat Bradley and Nancy Lopez, and if I didn't make the putt on the last, I would go into a playoff with Nancy Lopez and Pat Bradley. And my playoff history was one in five. So I wasn't looking very good about going into a playoff. I was in the last group. I'd, I'd won. I'd led wire to wire. So I was had pressure on the whole time. Enormous galleries. And I had about a 12-footer to make to win and make the putt. And uh, that putt was really tough. And I made it. Most pressure-packed putt of your career? Without question, that was the most pressure-packed. Mm. Coming out of Australia, the Australian media kind of dubbed you the great disruptor. What did that mean? Well, what happened is in, I was really into fashion, and um, when we played all of the events, I was always too young. You know, I was the youngest one to, to play, and, and we'd have, they had all these, oh, I would say they were called trials to, get, to make it to their, for the teams to represent the country, and I was probably 10 years younger than everybody else. Most of the girls playing in the team were in their 20s, and I was in, I was in my teens. Mm. And so I would go out and win all the trials, and they wouldn't put me in. So it was a huge media controversy. And then I would wear whatever the fashion was. You know, I might be short, you know, hot pants one week or gauchos the next. Mm. And so they would ban me from being in the clubhouse. And, of course, the media would get behind that. <laughs> so everybody said, you know, she's always causing trouble. So when the LPGA came to you and said, we, we want to sell looks and all that, you, you already had the wardrobe then. Well, I had the wardrobe, but I also was used to the controversy. I'm like, what's different is just do it here now exactly, as well. Exactly, yeah. You, when you came out to, uh, to the LPGA, was that a difficult decision in 1974, uh, I mean, you, you had won five times or whatever in Australia. Was it an easy decision to come to the United States? It was States? very difficult because I missed my family. And it was, a, you know, nowadays it's not so bad because it's, you know, the world is a smaller place and you've got emails and phones and all of that. And, I mean, I'd have to write letters to book accommodation. And, you know, you don't even think about it and I'd have to send 
my father would have to send these little little ear, post-it notes that you could wrap up really light and send. And I'd have to send my swing back on a VHS, and it would take a week to get there and things like that you don't even think of. Now it's instant with a phone. And it was really hard because it was so far away, mm. and it was so different. America was so different because you didn't have – that much television we were only allowed five american shows a day on tv mm. so it was mostly british and so i had no idea what america was like and i didn't like it at first of course now i love it when how long did it take oh about a year <laughs> after the playing career you you kind of carved out the, the you know really the first woman professional to carve out a niche in the industry and even beyond the industry how tough was it to kind of get your foot in that door well, the golf course design part was really hard. You know, I was lucky because I worked with Pete and Alice Dye, so I interned with them, and I got a, quite a few. I actually did quite a bit for Pete um, and, you know, and have his name on it. I was hoping that I would get to be a Dye Stevenson, but they never did. Mm -hmm. And so I did go out on my own, and I worked with Pete's son, Perry, overseas mm -hmm. for Pete because he hated going overseas. But And then I did my first one on my own. And then the hardest part was that I, I actually think that was the – thing where I quit too soon. It was right in the middle of the, the everything diving in 208 and you mm -hmm. couldn't get a golf course design business and I'd already hired an engineer and an alco and um, you know a, a grow-in person and all these people and yet I couldn't get a job because there's no new golf courses being built. The economy was bad and I was having to go bid on golf courses against Arnold and Jack and Gary and they weren't going to let me have a chance. And I left a little too soon. Now, knowing now that pers my perseverance, I should have stuck in there and I would have probably made mm -hmm. it. But I had such a huge crew to pay for that I went, you know, let's all go out on our own. And, and I changed. I stopped. So you but went I into wines that. instead. <laughs> I went into wine and alcohol, which is very competitive. And, not, and I didn't know that much about it, but I've learned a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And it was like they said women shouldn't be in it, so I decided I was just gonna I was gonna show them. <laughs> and now it's it's grown, and you've oh, got yes. you've got the line of wines, and and the rums I think have really become the big hit. Yes, Tell us a little they bit are. About that. I love I love the alcohol. It's it, you know I was, I never really drank any, and so when they asked me, I you know I, I was one of the investors into the distillery because I love the I love the water technology, mm -hmm. and the water was so fantastic. And I'm like you know I've got to have something else because I can't drink this. Stuff. And so they said, well, I said, can I flavor it? And they went, well, let's try it. But I said, I want really real fruit. So I did passion fruit, mango, and pineapple from Australia. And it's real fruit. It's not artificial. And it made it cloudy. But the great thing is that the judges understood that and they were, they loved it. And so it's done really well. That's great. And uh, star golfer, entrepreneur. Uh, well, I'd like to, you know, but still, I'd love to go back to golf course design sometime. It's still my favorite job. No, there are some that would love to have your restoration in yeah. there. But, one uh, day, I think that's what I want to do. Jan, thanks for joining us on the Golf Insiders, and we'll catch up with you uh, after the uh, induction. Thanks, Jeff. Great interview, Jeff. Thanks. She is, um, she is a special person, super talented. Um, the LPGA owes a lot to Jan Stevenson. Um, and she's just a tremendous businesswoman, too. We did quite a bit of tasting of the flavored rums <laughs> at the bar after the banquet on Tuesday night at the ING conference. It was a lot of fun. So did you like the pineapple or the passion fruit? I or? like the passion fruit. Okay. It was very tasty. And I'm not a big rum drinker either, and I got to say, um, you know, she's one of the first to hit this flavored market with the rums, and, and they're doing fantastic. So, And it's going to be a you know, great week next week. Um, you know, and it's long overdue very, for Jan Stevenson. Very, very long overdue. As I said, I always thought she was in the Hall of Fame, and it kind of surprised me to see that under the old criteria, her numbers did not match up. Yep. Um, well-deserved, well-deserved. And we're going to have an interview with Dennis Walters um, in uh, the week after the, the um, induction, uh, another very, very good friend of the Golf Insiders. And a very inspirational uh Indeed. Showman. Yes. For the game. If you've never seen his trick shot show, it's amazing. Um, so, the RBC, it's that time to go out on a limb. <laughs> How it's, skinny is that limb going to be? It, it's hard to go out on a limb when you've got Dustin Johnson sitting there. He, and he's the defending champion. He's been second twice before. He's been able to win on these shorter golf courses. Hamilton is not... Hamilton Golf and Country Club is not even 6,900 yards. And so he's going to have to dial it in. But he almost won at Harbortown 
a couple of months ago, if you recall. So uh, he's kind of been able to take that next step with his game. And then considering who his uh, potential father-in-law is going to be being uh, engaged to Paulina Gretzky, he's practically Canadian. I think I have to stay with him. Oh, all right. I'm going to go for just uh, an intuitive pick. And I don't know why, but maybe I'm just, I'm feeling Irish. Graham McDowell. Okay. I'm looking for Graham to win. I 